Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. Hello, 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 hello. This is R.C. Blakes, and I am so excited today to be able to, you know, do what I, do what I always do, and that is to share with you from my heart. Um, I'd love for you to invite some people to come into this discussion. I believe that um, it's probably one of the most searched subject matters uh, on internet or at least on on uh, what is it YouTube I want to talk about how to take your power back after a toxic relationship how do you bounce back from a from a toxic relationship can you relate to that can you relate to this rather how can I take my power back after a toxic relationship? Because, you know, when you get through going through all of the, uh, the emotional rigmarole of I'm done, I'm finished, uh, you were never worth it, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry I ever met you, I, you know, all of that kind of thing, and you settle into your quietness and, in the, and, and into your reality, Many times you discover that um, you are broken and you discover that you have been weakened, you have been compromised emotionally, financially, spiritually. And um, sometimes you sit there for a long time trying to figure out how do I, how do I get back to, to me? You know, how do I get back to to center? How do I get back to um, myself as I know myself to be? How do I get my power back after a toxic relationship? Some people, um, unfortunately, never recover from certain uh, kinds of relationships. It's like it, it plagues them for the rest of their days and it pollutes every um, relationship scenario moving forward if they even uh, dare to embrace any kind of a relationship scenario but there's a way that um, one can recover there are a few ways that one can recover but what I want to share with you today are some uh, biblical but yet practical you know I always you hear me read the Bible a lot but I, I read the Bible to pull from the text that I might use the practical application. So many people fail to understand that the Bible is a very practical book that gives us practical principles for effective and empowered living. Now, a toxic relationship leaves, leaves a mark many times on multiple levels of your life. For man, you know, many times we fail to understand that 
there are occasions, fewer than women, but there are occasions where men are broken. And a lot of occasions. It's just that it, it happens more with women than it does with men. But we have a lot of men that have been broken, drained by toxic relationships. Uh, in fact, about it, um, when, you, when you look in Scripture... I'm, I'm trying not to drink this coffee, but it, it smells so good. Lord have mercy. When you look in Scripture, um, and you look, at the, you look at the biblical character Samson, who loved the woman Delilah. Delilah was a narcissist. She was a user. Um, probably was, you know, I won't say the word, but... Yeah, she was a woman for hire on a certain level because the Samson's enemies, you go and read the whole story, paid her to uh, play like she loved Samson and she wanted him and, and uh, to get certain information from him. And um, Samson eventually told this woman everything that was in his heart, all of his secrets, the secret even to his strength. And in Judges chapter 16, verses 21 and 22, it says, But the Philistines took him. Well, this is after she's told him, or he's told her, the secret to his strength, which was his hair should have never been cut. And she reveals the secret to the Philistines, and they cut his hair while he's sleeping on her lap. And once his hair was cut, his strength, his supernatural strength, uh, was depleted and she beckoned for the Philistines and here in Judges 16 verses 21 and 22 it says but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass chains and he did grind in the prison house Howbeit, watch this the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. So we see a toxic relationship rob Samson of his identity, robbed him of his purpose, uh, robbed him of his sight, literally and spiritually, physically and spiritually, uh, robbed him of his strength, his gift from God. But I love the way this 22nd verse reads, how be it, though his hair was cut and all of these Tragic things occurred as a consequence of his hair being cut because he was involved in a toxic relationship. Verse 22 says, how be it, the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Remember, his strength was in his hair. And when you read the full account of Samson, he never regained his status or his sight. But the Lord restored unto Samson his strength. And the reason I brought that text in is because we see uh, a depiction of one who has been broken and uh, disempowered, if that's a word, uh, by way of a toxic relationship, but his hair began to grow again. And I know that there are many of you that are sitting there and you're saying, uh, R.C., Bishop, whatever you may call me, um, will I ever recover from this? Will I ever be the same? And I'm here to say to you, take a look, your hair is growing again. You are regaining your strength. And I'm speaking that 
prophetically, spiritually, I'm speaking that supernaturally over your life. You will not be stuck in this place of grief. You will not be stuck in this place of depression and heaviness and just living under a, a, a cloud. Your hair is growing again. You are regaining your strength on the other side of this toxic relationship. Now, there are a few practical um, points that I want to make today, if, if you will bear with me. And these are not in any uh, sequential order. So it's not like, you know, step one, step two. No, it's just like number one, number two, number three. I uh, forget how many I've actually jotted down here. But the first thing I would say to you in terms of um, taking your power back after a toxic relationship, number one, which is probably the, probably uh, mental health professionals would be able to affirm or not, but it's prop, this is probably the number one reflex for those who have been engaged in long-term toxic relationships and that relationship ends, or maybe you've had multiple. Number one, stop blaming yourself. Stop blaming yourself. If you hear hammering, it's because uh, my neighbors are rebuilding or uh, putting on a new roof and uh, you know we've had some storms down here in the in the the deep south so don't let that be a distraction to you but stop blaming yourself because when you've been involved in a toxic relationship 99.9% .9 of the time you've been involved with a person that is either a narcissist or has some unknowingly narcissistic tendencies. You, you've at least been involved with a person that is a manipulator or a person that has broken him or herself. In either case, this person uh, deflects and has a way of taking their issues and transferring them to you, making you feel that you're responsible for their condition, you the one that was responsible for, you know, their situation, their failure, their inability to succeed. Uh, you were always responsible. And when this thing comes to a head, it comes to an end because all of this has been poured into you. It begins to come out of you in terms of the way you're trying to process what happened. Stop blaming yourself. Why is it your fault that someone else deceived you? Maybe you were wrong. We all are, you know, not, it's a rare occasion that any one person is completely the cause of a, of a relationship falling apart. But even in taking ownership of your part, you have to stop blaming yourself for the relationship falling apart just because this kind of poison was poured into your spirit on a regular basis. Um, because listen to what the Bible says, and it's one of my favorite texts, and I'm reading it from the message version. It says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. Meaning what? It leaves you confused, uh, disoriented emotionally, even psychologically or spiritually. And when a, when a, when a relationship that has been 
uh, massively disappointing comes to an end, you're trying to find a logical reason for an, for an illogical situation, especially if you've dealt with a narcissist, you know, a person that has only the capacity to love him or herself, no capacity to really love you or anyone else, or to feel for you, or to feel, or to have any inkling relative to what their behavior is doing to your feelings. You're, you're trying to find a logical reason for an illogical situation. You know, and you've been gaslighted on many occasions where a person does things to intentionally make you feel like, you know, you're losing your mind intentionally. They, they'll do this all day long. And, or you've been ghosted. They just disappear and then they, then they pop back up at a certain point. You've been going through this stuff so much. You've been abandoned and then reclaimed, you know, abandoned. And in, the, in my book, The Father-Daughter Talk, we talk about how, you know, they'll play monkey bars. And monkey bars are those bars where, you know, you, 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 as children, you could swing to that one and then swing to the next one. If you chose to, you could swing back. Well, a lot of, a lot of these people, they play monkey bars in terms of the relationship. They swing in and out. They swing in and out. They, they swing out just enough. Uh, to make you feel like it's over, to break your spirit, then they swing back into your life. And you've had so much of this dysfunction going on for so long, now you're trying to search for a logical reason for it all. And there is no logical reason, but one thing is for certain, you are not to blame for this situation. Stop blaming yourself. Now this will probably require some practical application here, this will probably require that you spend a lot of time talking to yourself, reminding yourself when you start having those thoughts that begin to create that mood that brings you into that depression that makes you feel like I'm the worst person in the world. You have to begin to cut those thoughts off immediately. The Apostle Paul says, casting down imaginations, pulling down strongholds, those are thoughts that begin to rise up in our minds that work against uh, the best version of us, work against our being the healthiest version or versions of ourselves. You have to, you have to, you're going to have to begin to talk to yourself. This is not my fault. You know what I mean? This is not. Now, if you had a part in it, will you say, well, this was my part. I own this part, but this other stuff, I do not own that, I do not accept that, you know, and, and that's just the way it is. And you have to, you're going to have to talk to yourself like that until you push that stuff completely up out of your soul and out of your spirit and out of your life that I'm to blame for this. Number two, stop belittling yourself for having been human. Another, another major reflex for people that have been involved in uh, toxic relationships for any great length of time. You, 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 you begin to belittle yourself for having made the mistake of accepting a person like this into your life. You belittle yourself. I mean, you actually berate, berate yourself. You, you actually uh, criticize, destructively criticize yourself. For, for having uh, allowed this person to even be a part of your 
life to have fallen for the game. You belittle yourself for having proven to be human. But a bad experience in life is a part of life's process. We, we, we've all had bad experiences on one level or another. But self-debasement serves as a circumstantial loop that subconsciously brings you back to the level you detest. See, when, when you are belittle, belittling yourself, calling yourself stupid, I'm such an idiot, I can't believe I'm so dumb, I was so this, I was so gullible, you're not realizing that self, the self-debasement that you're exacting upon yourself is, is subconsciously serving as a circumstantial loop that brings you right back to the level you detest. So while you have, while you have destroyed your self-esteem with your own words relative to this relationship, you have simultaneously submitted your subconscious mind to a place that says, this is the level I belong. So you'll move on from that individual but because you have cemented this negativity onto your soul, you move to, you make a lateral move and you move on to another person that is just the same profile of the person that you, you felt like, I was so stupid, I was so dumb. So with this, you'll always make that lateral relational move. You, you'll never, if you, if you don't stop be, belittling yourself, you'll never be able to rise to the next level where you actually belong because you have trained yourself subconsciously. I'm stupid, I'm dumb, and what you're saying is, this is what I deserve. So you move on to another of the same kind because your broken consciousness says, this is the level I deserve. This is happening subconsciously. So every time you hear yourself saying to yourself, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I'm, I was so dumb. I'm such an idiot. I'm a fool. Man, remember. Remember that you are doing damage to your own soul. Not only the negative, debilitating words of others. Not only do they harm our souls. But the words you use against yourself are harming your soul. So stop belittling yourself. Own it. Say, you know, hey, man, I'm human. I made a mistake. Dude had a good game going on. Sis ran a, ran a great game on a homie. And it is what it is. I'm going to pick myself up off of the mat. I, I'm, I'm not just going to go through this. I'm going to grow through this. I'm going to learn from it. And when I do this again, I will not be on the same level consciously that I was on when this person entered my life. I'm rising to a new level of wisdom. See, this is the way you have to talk to yourself. And wisdom is too high for a fool, you know. That's the way you have to talk to yourself. All of this, you know, just, just beating yourself up, belittling yourself. Mm -mm. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 24 and 16. For just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. A just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. In other words, I can make a mistake over and over and over again and continue to get back on my feet because I'm human. You know, because I'm human. Because I'm human and because 
God backs me up, I always land on my feet. Even when I do things that went against God's will and I knew it was against God's will, God loves me so much that he'll let me be chastised by the situation, but God will always pick me back up and put me back on my feet if I have a mind to recover. But if I'm just beating myself up and if I'm belittling myself, oh no, I'm doing damage to myself. Number three, these first three that I've given you are things that you should stop doing, you know, stop blaming yourself. Stop belittling yourself. Number three, stop holding on to the toxic nostalgia. Stop holding on to the toxic nostalgia. Toxic nostalgia is the tendency to obsess over the good memories of the situationship to the extent you completely forget the horror movie that followed the happy beginning. <laughs> you have toxic nostalgia. You know, like it's uh, we're moving into Christmas time. And, I, you know, that's a very nostalgic time for me because Christmas was a very happy time for me and my family. Great memories. I remember my grandmother. I remember the pies. I remember the smells. I remember the sights. And so, like I have that, and we, some of us have that with certain holidays. You know, um, you go through pictures of your children when they were babies. Now they're grown. It brings back nostalgia. And we say things like, those were the days. Well, you have a thing called toxic nostalgia in these coming out of these toxic relationships where where you're obsessing over the the few good things to the point you're forgetting the fact that uh homeboy shot a gun at you you're forgetting the fact that you spent three or four days in the hospital uh it's it's a it's a broken soul's way of not letting go of a familiar place even when it's harmful it, you know, you, 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 you're out of this. The police had to get involved. You spent a few days in the hospital. Uh, you, you, got, you, got, you got bullet wounds and all of this kind of thing. And then here it is, three months later, your, your broken soul is, is remembering, you know, how he smiled at you when you first met him. Your broken soul is remembering how he used to talk to you. And then you really want to get deep. Your broken soul remembers the sex and, and uh, you know, how awesome the sex was. You forgetting, uh, you forgetting the fact that you got stabbed, you got shot, you got cheated on, you got an STD, you spent time in the hospital, your life was threatened, they threatened the lives of your, your parents and all of this kind of thing. That toxic nostalgia, that's why it's toxic, has a way of washing away all of the facts of the dysfunction and making you lock in on some of you are right there now where you've just been all this week you've just been thinking about the good things Bay, you forgot about go back go back to the newspaper you were in the newspaper you were in the newspaper i'm preaching better than y'all shouting and you you letting all of this toxic nostalgia and all of this kind of thing bible talks about how there's a way that seems right 
but the end thereof are the ways of death. See, while you caught up in all of that, you know, it feels good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop a text. See if they respond. If they respond, that's a sign from God that this is just meant to be. And you open that door, and you let that devil back into your life. And the Bible says, when you, when you kick a demon out, and then you, you don't fill your life with the things of God and occupy your soul, that demon will come back and bring seven other demons stronger than himself. Every time you repeat this cycle, it gets harder and harder and harder to break the chains. Now, so those are three things that you, you must stop doing in terms of coming out of, uh, you know, or getting your power back from this... Um, this toxic uh, relationship. But now let's talk about some things that um, you need to do. Number four, immediately enforce a relationship lockdown. As soon as you come out, as soon as you come out of this situationship, immediately, I said immediately, I said immediately, I said immediately. Why did I do that? Because you won't forget that. And that's a part I want you to always remember. Immediately enforce a relationship lockdown. Immediately. And the reason this is important is because... This will in, interrupt the tendency to replace one bad habit with another. Immediately enforce, I see too many of you, I get too many of your emails to even respond. You have, you left, you left. Freddy Krueger and the same day you shifted over to Jason. You just live in that Halloween kind of life. You have to immediately enforce a relationship lockdown. You don't need another relationship, sweetheart, with your broken consciousness. You've been made to believe you, you need to come and you need to go and check out, uh, you know, uh, all of my Queenology teachings. You need to read my book, Queenology, if you can afford to do so. You need to join Mordecai mission where we have 12 weeks where we bring women through three stages. We bring them through inner healing, self-discovery and self-development. You, you lack consciousness. You feel like you need to move from one relationship that you've been battered emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, and every other way, and then you're going to just shift your happy self, switch yourself on over to another man? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You don't know that you're broken? You need time to sit down and let God 
bring healing to your soul. You don't realize that you need to recover. That you're not even fit for a healthy man right now. You're going to need to fast from relationships for a while and allow God to do his work. And I know a lot of you on here, you don't really have a spiritual context, but I'm here to tell you that if you really want to be set free in your mind, if you really want breakthrough, you're going to have to embrace God in this process. And you know what? He loves you enough. Even though you may not embrace him like that, he loves you enough to deliver you in this situation. You're going to need the supernatural power of God. But you're going to need to immediately enforce relationship lockdown, a relationship lockdown. Matthew 17, 21 said, says it like this. How be it this kind. And here's a principle goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. What is fasting? It is denying the flesh of certain things. Why? So the spirit of the individual can take dominance over the trichotomy of the person, the body the mind, the spirit. Well, when your life is out of balance, your flesh is usually in control. For to bring your life into divine order, you have to fast to make that flesh, to subjugate that flesh to the will of the spirit, which is connected to God. Likewise, in your relationships, you need to fast from relationships so that God can begin to pour into your spirit and your spirit can take over your life and give you the power, give you your power back over your relational choices and decisions. And I like what Psalms 46, 10 and 11 says. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Stop what you're doing. Stop running, making all of these wild, ridiculous decisions out of your brokenness. Be still and watch this. You're going to see that I am God. Now, number five, things you should do. Number five, and I only have seven. Number five, uh, put in the effort. Put in the effort. This is, how do we, how do you get your power back after a toxic relationship? Number five, put in the effort. To be the best, listen to this, listen to this, to be the best physical version of yourself. What is the tendency after a breakup or after a toxic relationship? Most women, or let me say a lot of women, you just let yourself go. Even some dudes do that when their hearts are broken. Just sit there and just gain all of that weight and just no haircut, you know. You just let yourself go, but women do it a lot. You just let yourself go. But to, to start regaining your power, it's as simple as this may seem. It may seem vain, but you're going to have to put in the effort to be the best physical version of yourself. You're going to need to really get, uh, you know, get to exercising so you can feel good about yourself, so that you can get those endorphins moving, so that you can you know, push yourself out of this uh, depression. You're going to need to really, uh, you know, put your wardrobe together, put your, you know, get your hair the way you need it to be. And you see, this will this will boost your self-esteem and put a, 
a halt to lowering your standard because of false depreciation. Because when a woman, when a relationship ends for a woman, the psychological maneuver that the devil makes on the woman's mind is to say to her, well, he didn't want you. It's not, you know, it's clear, but you, you don't even come to the conclusion, well, this was a narcissist who was not even capable of loving. This is a very dysfunctional uh, individual that, you know, just had no clue. The first thing that happens is you say, well, he didn't want you because you're not desirable. You're not valuable like that. And so you have, to, you, have to, you have to present, you have to put in the effort to, to be the best physical version of yourself. Watch this, not for another man, but for you. You, got, you need to get up and exercise, not because I'm doing this so I can get another man. No, 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 you don't need to get another man. You need to recover you. You've been lost in this process. When you look in the mirror, you need to see the best version of you. You need to feel good about you. This is all about what? Encouraging yourself. You can't just sit there in sweatpants, the same sweatpants, might I add, for the last three days with all of the drapes drawn in the house and not you haven't even combed your hair. It's just, you got you got you got to snap out of it. You got, you got to put I don't care what you're feeling like inside. You got to put forth the best physical version of yourself because you got to look at you all day long. And I like what the Bible says of David in 1 Samuel 30 and 6. It says, and David was greatly distressed because the people wanted to stone him because all of the people were grieved for their sons and for their daughters and their wives that had been lost. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. When there was no one else to encourage David, David did what was necessary to encourage himself. So I'm saying to you, when we get through with this little conversation, you need to go put yourself together. I ain't got nowhere to go. You need to go put yourself together. You need to go put yourself together. You got to stop sleeping in these sweatpants and all of that. That's a, that's a clear sign in most cases I know some people just but usually you see a woman sleeping in them sweatpants there's a depression somewhere in the house sometimes I know some of y'all just love it now I, ain't saying, I didn't say everybody did I I said sometimes uh, listen to what uh, I heard this brother say I don't remember his name but this was a brother on YouTube he said dressing appropriately for the situation he was talking about professionals in general not necessarily male or female but uh, his point applies here dressing appropriately for the situation is a sign of respect for yourself and for the people around you it makes it easy for people to give you compliments and treat you respectfully I thought that was powerful because when you put yourself together what happens is the people around you begin to articulate your value unknowingly you know just your friends your co-workers people don't treat oh that's a I mean you know nobody flirting anything just oh that's a nice I love the way your hair your makeup is beautiful and you get you hear that three or four times a day after you've come out of a relationship with a fool that told you nobody else gonna want you 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 ain't this and you're not that it makes it easier for the people around you to articulate your value it makes it easier for you to see 
your own value yourself. Some of you have been in that toxic situation so long, you've forgotten how you really rolling out here. You, you, you've really forgotten. Uh, was LL Cool J who, I think it was, who brought the song, Y'all Must Have Forgot? I think it was LL Cool J. You must have forgot. You need to put yourself together so that you can remind yourself and watch this. And the energy you give to the world returns to you. When you give the world the best version of you, the world will give you uh, energy that matches the energy you're depositing. You teach the world how to treat you by the way you treat yourself. All of this washes away the avalanche of thoughts saying, I'm inferior because of a toxic person's actions. Something as simple as putting yourself together. Uh, number six. I think this is number six. Is this number six? This is number six. Analyze your psyche. You're not, a, you're not a mental health professional, but you are inside of your own head. And I need you to take the time to think about what you're thinking about. Analyze your own psyche. This allows you to locate the leaks in your self-esteem that allowed an inferior into your heart. Analyzing your psyche, the way you think, the way you move, your habits, this allows you to locate the leaks in your self-esteem that allowed an inferior into your heart. This helps you to see many times where you've been more emotional than cerebral. But you got to analyze your psyche. You start really thinking about what you did and going over the history. You begin to realize that the, the relationship started on an emotional tip. And when you really thought about it with your good common sense and you prayed about it with your, you know, your God empowered spirit, your spirit said no, your brain said no, but your emotion said leap. And you, 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 you leapt into the lion's den. Well, see, when you analyze your psyche, you can now draw this conclusion. I, I make massive relational choices based on emotional feelings, which makes me a great candidate for manipulation all of the time. See, when you know this, you can address it. Uh, let's see. It also helps you to see where you've been vain over purposeful. See, when you analyze your psyche, it's going to bring you back to this thing you call type. My type. Analyze your psyche. Go back over your history. The last five men you have were your type. And they all abuse you in some way. They all drain you. They all wreck your self-esteem in some way. But you, you keep going after this thing you call type. It's like, it's like the pain and the drama and all of the stuff that goes along with that are not enough for you to realize maybe I need to shift my type. So you need to analyze your psyche. Listen to what the Bible says in Haggai 1, 5 through 7. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Analyze your psyche. You have sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. 
You drink, but you're not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You keep coming up empty. Time after time after time after time after time. Stop and think about what's going on between your ears. Stop making relational choices based on what's going on down there and start making choices based on what's going on up here. Consider your ways. Number seven, and I'm out of here. Probably the most uh, powerful point of them all today. Revive your spirit. You see, there is no substitute, my babies. And again, I know that there are many of you who have no um, spiritual context whatsoever. And, you know, I get the thing about religion and all of that. But when you hear me talking about God and your relationship with God, it's really, I'm talking about something greater than religion. I'm talking about a personal a personal connection to God. I'm not talking about this stuff y'all throw around so loosely today in this generation about I'm spiritual. That's not what I'm talking about because I'm talking about a, 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 a specific, uh, authentic relationship with the Almighty, the creator of all things that makes an undeniable shift in your heart, in your soul. That brings you to a place in him that beyond church, beyond religion, you know that he's real on a personal level. That's, that's, what I, that's what I push you towards. The church stuff and all of that will work itself out. If, you know, once, you, once you really make that connection with God, God will, out of that relationship with God, God will connect you with the right voices in terms of leaders and the right organizations in terms of churches. But the main thing is to revive your spirit because when you live in this world and you go through something as traumatic as... Um, a toxic relationship, it drains you spiritually and you need the reviving of your spirit. Only God can do this. This is where you come to the end of yourself and you throw your hands up and you say, God, I may not know you, you know, I believe in you, I've, I've never embraced you, but I need you now. I need you because I'm on the brink. I'm on the edge. This, is, this has done something to me that I can't even explain. And I need your help now. And you're going to be amazed at how the Spirit of God is going to pour into your soul in a way that all of the rhetoric you hear all around the internet, all around the world, all throughout society that says you shouldn't believe this. God is not real. You'll be able to emphatically declare um, he's real, but he has to become real to you, especially in this situation. You need your spirit revived. And if you ask God, if you ask him, if you ask God to come into your heart and to empower you even to save you, he will do it right there where you are. And the spirit of God will come into your spirit, come into your soul and lift you above all of this pain, anguish, 
And the Bible says in Nehemiah 8 and 10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You're talking about regaining your power after a toxic relationship. When you tap into God on that level, amazing, amazing. May I pray for you? May I pray for you? Father, I thank you for this time that I've had with this, my family from all over the world. Thank you for this message that you've given me for them. Now, God, this last point that I made, I need you to do something for me today, tonight, whenever they're watching this. I need you to touch each and every one of them supernaturally. And give them that sense of peace that passes all understanding. Make yourself known to them in such a tangible way that they will not be able to, de to deny the encounter. Set them free. Set them free. Set them free. In Jesus' name, I break every stronghold. I break every soul tie that has gripped them and held them in bondage. I break it in Jesus' name. And now I give you praise and glory and honor for the liberation. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Listen, I've enjoyed this time with you. Those of you that um, maybe sense or feel like, you know, you need to talk to someone, a counselor of some kind. Maybe you're processing some of the things we've talked about. I'm not a counselor, but there's, there's an organization that I'm connected to called BetterHelp. And there's a link for BetterHelp in the description. If you follow that link, um, BetterHelp will connect you with counselors that will talk to you by phone, by text, by uh, email, so forth and so on. And uh, you can get all of the counseling you need. And if you use the link, it'll afford you 10% off of the cost of that counseling. And then because we made the referral, BetterHelp will make a deposit into RC Blake's Ministries. So my prayer is that if that works for you, I pray that, um, you know, God will use them as a tool to bring you out and to bring you up. Also, don't forget to go by Amazon. Pick up my books. I, I thank God for all of you. Every month my books just sell. Oh my God, it's a blessing. It's, a, it's such a blessing. And nobody, no one can really explain how it happens. I don't have any promos out. I only talk about it when I'm on here talking with you all. And my books sell all around the world by the thousands every month. And of course, go to my website, rcblakes.com, sign up for my mailing list. Check out my online programs. Um, those of you that may have thought about uh, plugging into one of them or more, do that sooner than later. I'm going to pull the site down certain parts of it for a little while uh, when I find the person that's going to, um, you know, uh, revisit the whole look of the site. We have new product that we need to add to the site. I have new books that... I've not released yet. I have audio books that I've not released yet. I have online programs that I've not released yet. And when the site comes back up, all of these new products along with the new look uh, will be there. But those of you that are thinking about contemplating 
um, any of my online programs, do it sooner than later before we uh, pull the trigger on uh, making this move. Hopefully that will happen before the year is out. I want to enter the new year with a whole new look and a whole new level. So listen, I love you. I thank God for you spending this time with me and Lisa today. I thank God for all of you that have sown into our lives and into our ministry. We love you so much and we appreciate you. And so now on behalf of Lisa and myself, I'm saying to you, you're on top and you're going higher. God has more in store for you. So you know what? We will see you at the top. God bless you. Until next time, I'm R.C. Blakes. We here at R.C. Blakes Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. today. R.C. and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com. While you're there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of the Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blakes Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top.